How do you pronounce it? Because I'm looking at uh, June 7th uh, table. Bayern Munich is a 4-1 to one favorite over Borussia Mönchengladbach. Borussia Mönchengladbach. Mönchengladbach? Borussia Mönchengladbach. There's no U in there. That's how you say it, though. That's the pronunciation. Borussia. Okay, I get it. There's something with Russia. And then Mönchengladbach. There you go. They're terrible. They're terrible. Yeah, you got, you've got it already. Expert Munch, already. Munch, Munch Gladbach is not that good. The over-under is four goals. Uh, I think Mayor – oh, that's tough because if Bayern wins 4 nothing, I don't I, – I tie. Shit. So, that's a hard bet right there. Do you mean Bayern? Bayern or Bayern? Were you talking about Bayern Munich? Bayern Munich. FC Bayern Munich. Munich. Yeah. And then how do I – I say Schlocky? Schalke. Schalke. Yep. <laughs> okay, good. So next time I go to Germany, I won't get slapped. So I know how to. I know how hey, to pronounce it. Visit there or not? Yeah, Schalke. I mean, the 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 ultras will not uh, burn my jersey. Let's see. All right, I'm I'm done. Oh my god, FCV Mines zero five. Awful squad, mate. Awful squad. Eight to one yeah. underdogs versus Borussia Dortmund. Dortmunds are good. They got the best attack in the league. So. They're better. Okay. What about uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf? They're bad. I mean, they're just like below average. RB Leipzig is very good because they're heavy favorites in this well, game. Yeah, that's because so it's like Red Bull, but no one likes them because what they do is they do it in clubs around Europe. They just buy up clubs and just pump money into them. Um, oh, so Red like, Bull does? Yeah. So basically, Leipzig started off as like a team in like the fourth division. And then Red Bull oh. came along. But you're not allowed to call it Red Bull. So it's basically rations for um, Leipzig. But the RB, everyone knows, is Red Bull because they've got the ball as their logo. So then they stripped it down thing. And I can't fully explain Whoa. it, but Germany have this rule with football clubs where it's like a 50 plus one majority thing. So I think it's like with the owners. I mm -hmm. think, it, I can't really explain it, but basically no one likes them because... They've just bought their way into the league, and they're, they're kind of like the they're kind of like the Manchester City owners. They just blow money like crazy. Yeah, and in their first season, they were challenging for the title. You know, they nearly won it. They got they got a good squad, but none so, none of the German fans really like that team. So so basically, the Red Bull guy is just playing FIFA in real life. Yeah, they're just playing Football Manager. Just, yeah, he's playing Football Manager in real life, and um, he owns the New York Red Bulls also because there's the New York Red Bulls in MLS. Yeah, they just um, they just try and buy everything Red Bull. So, okay, and then I guess Hoffenheim and Augsburg are the same because they're that's equal just money a, right just now. An average, just an average Bundesliga. It's day. just an average team versus an yeah. average team, and they don't know how to gamble on it. <laughs> oh my God, Bayern Munich is a nine to one favorite over Werder Bremen. Of course, they're top of the league. You know, they've they've got such a strong like all around team. If so I really put a hundred dollars on Werder Bremen to win, I'd win fourteen hundred dollars back. I don't think you'd be getting that money, though, to be honest. <laughs> Let me see the props. Fired. Let me see the props on that. Let me see if I can bet on a single player for that. No, they don't even – they don't let me let, they didn't even let me do a prop bet for that one. Bayern Munich, for a draw, I would – <laughs> the odds – Werder Bremen has better odds of getting a draw, obviously, than getting a win. But Bayern Munich to draw is minus 3333. So I'd have to, I'd have to put three thousand three hundred dollars to win a hundred dollars for for there to be a draw. That is that is um, that is mad.
to, to, to maybe say, to say another game. Uh, a lot of stuff going on outside, and a lot of stuff going on in the octagon. As we were just talking off camera, people who want to hear our Tywin Woodley UFC on ESPN9 post fight that's up on the YouTube channel, ready to rock to hear what what's next for Tyron, what's next for 170. But before we dive into UFC 250, Zach, I want uh, did you see the rankings? Gilbert Burns is the number one contender. Like I said, I guaranteed it that he was. He hopped Masvidal. He hopped Colby. He's now the number one guy. And like I said before, I think Usman Burns, you can make that fight happen financially. So I would not be surprised if that is the next fight. Um, but I, I, in my heart, I think Masvidal and Usman is going to be eventually. They're going to come to agreement because I think we discussed last time, everybody wants the Connor red panty night. And Connor's like, you know what? I'm just too busy getting lean. Have you seen the champ on Instagram? Busy getting huge, not lean. It's the other way around. I mean, my man said he is he is ready for champ, champ, champ. He is ready. And if Francis Ngannou isn't careful, Connor will come up to come up and get and take him out as well. But UFC 250 is going down this Saturday night. The first event, actually, it's not the first. It's the first pay per view in Las Vegas Mm -hmm. since the pandemic because we had some fights at the Apex. It's back at the Apex, back in the really small octagon. Zach, I noticed that. 25 feet to 30 feet the the they were doing the breakdown of it it's half the, it's half the width of the normal octagon and it's about a third lengthwise missing so it's a really it's a phone booth in there so obviously yeah. it favors a come forward kind of striker guy and we're getting more finishes as we saw in the on the card last week you know you can't really move as much you can't really counter as much i'm digging it i'm put those guys in a 15 foot cage because i want that's what people want to see but you have to – I don't know. I don't know why they can't fit the bigger cage. It's not like there's a crowd in the, in the, in the apex, but they're going with 25 feet. And, uh, and with Bantamweights mostly taking over the card, it's cool. And also, if you're fighting like Francis Ngannou, good luck getting out of the way. There's nowhere Zach, to run. There's nowhere to run. Ask Jorcinho yeah, Rosenstrike. Yeah. There was nowhere to go. But back to the card. It's going down. Bantamweight Grand Prix. Zach, I know you're excited because these guys are in your weight class. Uh, the card is – the main card, top to bottom, is phenomenal. Uh, if I'm reading that, Juicy Air Formiga versus Alex Perez is a fight pass slash ESPN plus prelim. They are curtain jerking, Zach. Formiga Silva, I mean, that guy's an animal. That guy was one of the best flyweights in the world at one time. I think he deserves to be higher up on the card, but it is what it is. Look, I think it's a great card. Even the, uh, the prelims are really good. You've got some great, you know, non-bantamweight fights for me personally. So in the welterweight division, you've got Magny versus Rocco Martin. You know, yeah. they're two... Solid, solid fighters, you know. I think that will be a really, really good show as well. And with yeah. the bantamweights as well, coming back on what you said with the cage size, I think it will favour the smaller fighters. And, you know, we've seen in a, a video what the UFC posted, um, fighting Aljamain Sterling, uh, Corey Sandhagen, I think, I can't really say his last name. Even mm-hmm. he went, went into the cage in the apex centre to get a feel of it because he knows that it's going to be different it could right. be a different style of fighting. It could affect the fighter's game plan. But I think it's really going to favor, you know, more like close, you know, striking. You're not really going to have the chance to back away from each other. And I think that's perfect for the bantamweights. But one person I don't think it does benefit is Felicia Spencer. You know, I was just going to say, I was just yeah. going to say, it favors the, the goat. It favors the female goat. But before we dive deep into that, you got Chase Hooper and the ESPN main event. Ben Askren's son, he's 20 years old, and he's out here uh, killing dudes. I, I think it's a, he, that's a phenomenal guy. He's fighting Bruce Leroy, 
for people who know Bruce Lee or Alex Sarah. So it's definitely like a, a step up in competition for Chase. It's a name for Chase. So it'd be good. And then Cody Stammen and Brian Kelleher, I believe Cody Stammen's brother passed away he earlier did. this week. So it's like, that's heavy too. And that's just, it's a pretty, it's a pretty wild card. So I don't know if you want to, if you have predictions, my only prediction for the prelim card is I think Chase Hooper's going to win. I think that's a lock. Agreed. You can bet you can bet your house on that in terms of the other fights. It's whatever, but the main card is pretty fun. It's pretty fun, Zach. It's a pay-per-view and uh, it's going down. Is it a great pay-per-view? I mean, I think the fights are going to be really good. I mean, there's not a lot of names per se. I mean, Garbrandt's a name. Yes. And Nunez is a name, but it's not like people are busting down the doors to pay for the pay-per-view. I also, I think Ferguson Gaethje will, will do better numbers than this, but uh, I'm pretty satisfied with this card. I'm going to my buddy's house uh, with plenty of social distancing Plenty of masks. Good, good uh, to we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna enjoy the fight, and I'm sure his girlfriend's going to be very annoyed of me when I'm screaming and yelling uh, when shit's going down. But look, let's, let's kick off the card because the Sugar Show is back. Sugar Sean O'Malley versus a hard, tough veteran, Eddie Wineland. You know I'm going with Sugar Sean. I'm a big Sean O'Malley guy. My man was on the Dana White Contender Series. He made a, a statement in his last fight uh, that was on the Adesanya Romero card he was on in March. Dude makes a statement. Fun guy to watch. He's got the Takashi 6'9 hair. He's a character. I'm all for it, Zach. I'm taking Sean O'Malley by a phenomenal finish. Phenomenal finish, huh? I'm taking a phenomenal finish, and that's what Vegas is saying as well. He's a 5-1 to favorite over Eddie Wyland, and the over-under is a round and a half. I mean, I think that's. I think I'm. I'm happy for you know O'Malley. You know, he's 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 deserved it. He's got on the main cards, and I think he's really deserved it. You know, he's carried a. You've said like with the names. You know, there's only a couple maybe big names, but I think this card's great all around. And you can look at starting off with Sean O'Malley. You know, he's a great up and comer. You know, he's popular. You know, he's a really really exciting fan. Sorry, fan friendly fighter. And as you said, he's been in Dana White's contender series. So he's got a lot of experience with those smaller cages, you know, because we saw the way if you did watch, he was, you know, performing spectacular fights and knockouts. So he's used to the cage size, but by no means to count out Eddie Wyland. You know, he's a seasoned vet. He's got a lot of power as well. You know, he's decent all around. But I, again, I, I have to agree with you that O'Malley would win. And it looks like from his videos and pictures that he's put on a bit of muscle, a bit more weight. So he probably carries a bit more power to what he already has. Yeah. So I agree. I think I think it will be a finish, but I don't know about in the first round, but maybe second or or third. I think Eddie's toughness will carry it through, yeah. and I think eventually it'd be a TKO stoppage. Yeah, he's a WEC veteran. He's fought everybody in in both organizations. Tough, tough dude. And I, in my opinion, I think 135 is now the deepest division in the UFC. Look at look at look at top to bottom. Look at guys who are not even ranked. Guys like Rob Font, Sonya Dong, Marlon Vera, even on the back end, like. This, this, this division is yoked up, to say the least. One of my favorite words to say is yoked, and this division is yoked. Sugar Show all the way. Uh, what else we got? No Bantamweights in the next fight. We got the Neil Magny and Anthony Rocco Martin. Uh, this is almost a pick em fight. I believe Magny is the slight favorite. Uh, this is, uh, for me, not too excited about this fight. I like my both guys' fight. I like Magny's style, but I'll just roll with Magny because I don't really know much about Martin. I like the I way Magny he, fights. I think I'm he's not really, yeah. one in his last six. So there's something to look out for as well. So he's got a decent streak in his mm -hmm. last six fights, Rocco Martin. So, you know, he could carry that momentum into the cage as well. He's a good all-round fighter. So I think, you know, I think people will sleep on that one because they're more focused on the bantamweights. 
But I think I do, you know, that fight does have potential to be a really, really exciting fight. So, yeah, I mean, his last fight, he lost that majority decision to Damien Maya. That was uh, Rocco Martin's last loss. But the dude's, uh, dude's crushing, like you just said. I mean, he's coming out there, he's getting the W's. But I'm, I like Magni in this one. Who you got? Oh, I'm just going to say Rocco Martin, just, just to go on the opposite oh, side. Oh, man. Yeah, because I'm looking at, uh, dang. You know what's so crazy is um, Leo Magni has had a lot of uh, inactivity. I mean, he fought in March. But before that, he didn't fight all of 2019. So it's, uh, he definitely got to get some more performance in the, under his belt. And personally, I would have swapped out Chase Hooper for the Neil Magny fight, but I get it because they want Chase Hooper to be the main event of the ESPN show. So I see what they're doing. It is what it is. And uh, yeah, let's see what the next card. Let's see what the fight. What's the next fight here? What am I missing? Oh, how am I, how am I forgetting this? How am I forgetting this, Zach Green? The Funk Master, Aljamain Sterling versus Corey Sanhagen. A true pick em fight, Zach. MyBookie.ag, my bo- our favorite bookies, uh, they have it as a pick em. Minus 115 for both guys, the number two versus the number four. They don't know who's going to win this fight. It's a, it's a phenomenal fight. If I'm looking at the betting lines for this fight, if I pull up the betting line for Aljamain Sterling, it is, over under is two and a half. So they're thinking it's going to go to a decision. They think it's going to be a tight decision uh, and a very, very close fight. And considering the judging that's been happening at the Apex and with these uh, empty arenas, it is going to make for a fun affair. My DMs are lit up with people saying, bet on Sanhagen. I got a guy who says, "Put bet on Sanhagen. And then I'm like, nah, I like Aljamain. Two people told me, dude, bet on Sanhagen. I, like, they know something. Like, they're in the Apex and, like, they know Funk Master has an injury. <laughs> Like, chill out, boys. I'm going with the Funk Master. He's getting these Ws. Obviously, he has the loss to Marais. But other than that, he's just been a, a buzzsaw with everything else. And I'm taking Aljamain Sterling, the Funk Master. And after he wins, he's going to come on the show. I'm, tell- I'm calling it right now, Zach. He's going to get the W. He's going to come on too legit with a big old chain. St. Hagen's a hell of a fighter. But I'm taking Aljamain in a very close decision. I mean, that fight, I mean, that fight is going to be very exciting, I think. And like you said, a lot of people are, seem to be going with Sandhagen. They feel mm-hmm. like he's more well-rounded, maybe a bit more power. A lot of yeah. fighters as well, certainly, are definitely backing him. But I as well, I agree with you. I think, you know, I think the Funk Master is really good. He's a quality fighter. You know, that loss to Marais, even that was a bit of an unlucky loss, you know, with that, uh, that elbow or knee, I think it was. But I think it's going to be a close fight. But... That is one fight I'm really I'm really undecided on to be honest because they're both they're both so good. It's almost like a Colby Usman. They're both yeah. good in the same areas. You don't know what to expect. But and I think I don't think I'm gonna have an opinion on who the winner is of that one. I think I'm just gonna watch it and enjoy it and just I'll be happy with either whoever wins. I'll be happy with definitely. Yeah, anything can happen in that fight. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if it goes either way. And man, watch out for a draw. Watch out for that in this Brandon Wake Grand Prix that they're having. Well, don't. I couldn't. One more decision. One more bad decision, and I think I'll cry. Honestly. I, yeah. I'd be like, I just want like, yeah. I mean, considering like the the black white even off decisions and like the random thirty twenty sevens, who knows what's gonna happen? Co-main event, Zach. This was supposed to be a fight uh, scheduled for March twenty eighth, I believe on the Jarzinho Nganu card. It was going to be in Ohio. It was going to be in Cody's home state. It's supposed to be a beautiful thing, but Cody, I believe, had uh, got surgery because they, they canceled it, so now he's good and healthy. 
And Cody Garbrandt is back after uh, a, a, a kind of a skid. And he's facing the tough veteran, Rafael Asunsao. Asunsao's fought everybody, as we talked about. Yes. He's fought Dillashaw twice, fought Marais twice. Anybody who's anybody has fought uh, Rafael Asunsao. Cody Garbrandt is getting the call. He is brought in Mark Henry as the head coach from what it looks like. Chris Holdsworth is still in the corner, so he still has some association with Team Alpha Male. Cody Garbrandt has grown a humongous beard. And uh, we made the joke, and I stole that YouTube comment that he is going for the shoulder strike KO in 40 seconds, judging by that beard and hair combo. Uh, hopefully he gets tightened up nice and tight before the fight because he likes to be fresh on fight, on fight night. And I expect him to be fresh on fight night. It's a very simple fight for me. Okay, as I pull up the betting lines right now, if we look at the betting line, Cody Garbrandt is a, this much of a favorite. He's a minus 150, so slight money is going to Garbrandt. Over-under is two and a half. It's even. So basically, Vegas is saying uh, Cody is going to probably win, but we don't know how is what I'm reading. It. And, uh, look, I'll take Cody because Cody basically should have just brought in a, a Zen master. He should have called somebody with some sage to burn it. He just has to stay calm, and he, he probably would have had a title shot by now. He probably would have fought Cejudo because I think he would have beaten – what's that guy's name he fought? Pedro Munoz, right, is the one who, who slept yeah. him. The, yeah. He was kicking Munoz's ass until he decided to turn into, into, into Jorge Masvidal in the backyard of Miami. And, you know, if he just stays technical, I don't think anybody beats Cody. And I think he, he can knock out a Sun Tso, And I hope he doesn't knock out a Sun because I feel like he'll give him that false confidence again to come in swinging like Kimbo Slice. I don't know. I think he needs to stay tight, stay with the technique. One thing I'm worried about is, is if he's, if he's going to be gun shy. Because the guys who get knocked out, sometimes that trigger, uh, it's not there anymore. So we'll see how Cody comes out. If he stays technical, I'll take Garbrandt. Uh, I think he wins. I think he'll win by stoppage, actually. Not too crazy like a one-hitter quitter. I think he's going to actually have to break down a sun because he's durable. Dude's tough as hell. Good fighter. I'm taking Cody Garbrandt to come back. And uh, I think Dana wants Cody Garbrandt to win as well because Cody's a name you can That's sell. Amazing. You could do Garbrandt Cruz 2. You could do all, all kinds of things, you know, with, with King Henry Cejudo uh, playing retirement right now, uh, you know, trying to get some more money. It is what it is. You got TJ Dillashaw waiting in the wings in six months as well. So who knows what the hell is going to happen in that division. To wrap it up and stop rambling, I'm taking Garbrandt. Uh, but I would not be surprised if Cody Garbrandt just started to, you know, prove something to himself. He doesn't need to. And like I told you, Zach, he never acknowledged that, like, he, he hasn't acknowledged that, oh, I need to take a step back in my game. He, he never – and when a fighter doesn't realize, like, I fucked up, it's usually like they're going to make the same mistake again. That's just that's from that's from what I've seen in, you know in the past. He always says he has a great camp, and he but he, it's never like his fault. Like it's it's I don't that's the one thing about Cody, you know. But we'll see what happens. Your thoughts? So I think definitely, as you said, he's, he's changed his look. Something that a lot of I mean that obviously that has probably to do with the pandemic, you know, lack of barbers. But we've seen a lot of fighters do that who's who have come off losses, and they're like, you know what? It's not about how I look; it's how I fight. We saw that with Joshua Ruiz too. When, you know, Joshua just grew his haircut and he was like, look, I'm not out here trying to look good or anything. I'm just out here trying to get the job done. And that could be the Cody look. Or instead of the Conor look, he's trying to go for the Alex Fernandez, too legit show, beard look, which I think which I think is more likely, to be honest. He, he yeah. wants your beard. He's jealous. De I mean, he's trying to hide that chin one way or another. And I wonder if the commission, I wonder if the commission is going to make him shave it down because usually they make people shave it down. That's a... They usually make you shave it down to a certain length. I hope not. 
Um, but it is what it is. Yeah, anyway, but back on the subject of, his, of the fight, I think, you know, as we said, the head coach is Mark Henry. And so I think maybe not, maybe not because of Uriah. I mean, you, we know Uriah's, you know, like a, a, a recent father. He might not want to put his family at risk with the whole, with the whole pandemic. You know, he's still got Chris Holdsworth, a Team Alpha Male member. You know, I, I'm, bit, I don't, I'm not sure why he's gone with Mark Henry. Who knows? We might have to see how that um, affects his performance. I don't believe he will be gunshot. I think he's going to be more, his performance will be more refined. I mean, I do believe that he'll get the win. But I think instead of just going out all gung-ho and swinging, getting emotional as soon as he gets clipped, I think he's going to be more cautious, but he's still going to land, you know, clean, powerful shots. I mean, we, it's like Cody, he's got immense power. And I don't think that will ever change. Anyone can get rocked with his shots. We've seen it in his previous fights, his finishes. Even in his last three losses, he nearly, he nearly finished them, but he got too emotional. And this time, I think he's going to come in because this is the real, real fight where if he loses, this is his fourth loss. And Dana can only hype you up and promote you so much. You've got yeah. to do the talking in the cage. So I think he's going to come in. He's not, I don't think he'd be gun shy, but he's just going to be more, more focused, more it's like we saw against Till Gaston. He's just going to focus on the win. Doesn't care how we do it. It'll be uh, a yeah. Monday performance. But I don't, I think he just, I think it'll be a TKO, TKO second, second round. You know, Cozy be looking to make a statement. And I think, you know, he should have all the momentum. But we'll have to see. I just hope he just doesn't get too emo- emotional as previous. As then, as you said, he really has learned nothing. The, not, not having the crowd there is probably going to help him. You know, that, that, he's one of the fighters that I probably actually benefit from a quiet, from a quiet arena. That way the, the crowd isn't like, ah, when he's landing, you know. We shall see. And like you said, Cody's ranked number nine. If he loses to Asunsa, you're right. Where does he go from here? Can he go up to 45? That may be one of those guys that he may have to go up to 45 if he takes another loss because he's still a name. He's still a former champ. But golly, I mean, if he goes up to 145, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think also another big factor is for the past two, three years, we've had the whole, we've had the whole him being compared to Dillashaw. You know, we saw it on Tough. That's where we started around three years ago or so. Right. And that's just carried in. He fought him twice. And even off the back of the Pedro Munoz fight, people, you know, TJ was still relevant. People were still talking about it. He was sort of in Dillashaw's shadow. And with him sidelined, this is Cody's chance to make a statement. This is his chance to get finished in an empty arena, no crowds, no distractions, and show, and show everyone that he's still capable, you know, of winning a fight in spectacular fashion. And I think that's what's going to drive him to be his own person and I think that's going to drive him. I think that's what's going to make him get the win. I agree. I agree. The main event, Zach, is going to be a doozy in the mini cage. You got the goat goat, the champ champ, the greatest female fighter of all time. The one, to ch- to the, the one that beat Misha Tate, choked out Misha Tate, the one that head kicked Holly Holm, the one that knocked the lights out on Ronda Rousey while she was still standing, and the girl who flatlined Cyborg. Uh, it is Amanda the Lioness Nunes, a heavy, heavy favorite. More money has landed on Nunes since we spoke privately on WhatsApp. She is now a six to one favorite, jumped up a full point. Nobody's giving Felicia Spencer a shot. For people who don't know, Felicia Spencer was the Invicta champion, and now she's coming over here to fight the in the UFC. So it, I don't know what's gonna happen. Actually, I do know what's gonna happen. Amanda Nunes 
it is going to plow right through Felicia Spencer. And I've said it before, bet your house on Amanda Nunes. But once again, Zach, I'm the same guy who said bet your house on Chris Cyborg and Amanda Nunes made me pay. Empty 4-0, I believe 4-0 in the main events of the empty arena era, the COVID era, the underdogs have won all the fights. But this is the widest underdog, wide, not widest, the widest underdog that we've had. Felicia Spencer is nowhere in the ballpark in terms of gambling. The over-under is a round and a half, so, and, and people are betting that Amanda Nunes is going to clean her clock in less than seven and a half minutes. So it's going to be uh, an interesting affair with the small cage. Amanda Nunes hits like a truck. The only thing I'm worried about is in all her interviews, she's overlooking Felicia Spencer. She's already assuming that she's going to get through this because she's focused on motherhood. Her girlfriend is pregnant with their first child. And all she's talking about is she's so excited for motherhood and all this other stuff. So that's a little bit of a red flag usually. But I think Amanda Nunes is still good enough uh, to, to destroy Felicia Spencer. And if you've seen Amanda Nunes, she is, what I like to say, yoked. She is yoked. She is big. She is strong. She's filled into 145. And like I'll say, I'll say this again. The only challenge for Amanda Nunes is Valentina Shevchenko. I thought Shevchenko beat her in their fight. I believe in one of their fights, I thought Shevchenko, they fought twice, right? Yes. I thought Shevchenko won one of them. I believe it was the one on Fox. I thought Shevchenko won, but Nunes got the split. It is what it is. I think that's the, that's the super fight. Valentina Shevchenko is so head and shoulders above everybody in her division. Like, that's the only fight for her. She ransacked Kaylin Chukagan, okay? And Kaylin Chukagan is the number two, is the number one contender, right? She destroyed the uh, Shevchenko's sister. That just shows you the gap there is between the number one contender and, and Valentina Shevchenko. Once again, Nunes by knockout. I think Felicia Spencer will give it all she's got. I think Amanda's just too much. I don't think Felicia can knock out Amanda, and that's the only way to beat Amanda Nunes is to put her six feet under, and I don't think it's going to happen. I'm taking Nunes, knockout, champ, champ, lioness, and uh, what's next for Amanda after this? No clue. Just Shevchenko, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could definitely see why, you know, you've got, no re you've got every reason for to bet on, Cy um, not Cyborg, sorry, Nunes. You know, she's great. She is the female go, as you said, amazing power, hits like a truck. And not only that, she's great with jujitsu. You know, she's yeah. got good wrestling, you know, lethal off the ground as well. A lot of people forget that. It's not just her punching power. The small cage in the apex center definitely favors her. That come forward style, you know, going to hit with the power punches. But again, you should not overlook Felicia Spence. As you said, she's a former, former champion in Invicta. Um, she went three rounds with Cyborg, managed to land a nasty, nasty cut in the middle of her forehead. Yeah. You know, she's, you know and she, I definitely wouldn't count her out. I'm not saying pick her to win, but I think she's very, very tough as what she displayed against Cyborg. Yeah. And, you know, I definitely, I don't see it being like an easy, easy finish for Nunes. You know, you know, Felicia's, I think she's a wrestler, I think. I'm not too sure on that. But with the featherweight division as well, I can see, I think Amanda will win as well. And I think mm -hmm. with the featherweight division as well, before, before Nunes even came, was, came into the equation when she was in bantamweight, it just seemed like it was, oh, who, it's just Cyborg in the featherweight di division. No, right. one, no one else really. And like Felicia Spencer seems like the only active person that's, not, that's only in featherweight, if that makes sense. She's not in bantamweight, she's just in featherweight. Yeah. 
So but she chokes everybody out. I mean, all her submit. She she's a big. She's a rear naked choke girl. She loves the rear naked choke, and her only loss is a decision to cyborg. I mean, she's never been she's never been stopped. So you got to give her credit but for that. Is her if it does go to the ground, is her jujitsu better than Nunes? There you go. Can she choke out Nunes? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, she Felicia Spencer's. You know, she, she in, in the, she's a strong girl. You know, she's strong as well as Nunes. You know, Nunes has gotten bigger, but you know, to get to Felicia Spencer's size. But I think after the weight cut on the day, could Felicia Spencer weigh a bit more in? Could that favour her being the bigger woman? I think she is. So that could be a big factor as well if it goes into wrestling. We'll have to see. But I do believe Nunes will win. And with regards to, let's say Nunes does win, what's next for her? I do say the fight to make, for me... Maybe not the Valentina fight, but I've been wanting to see it since the loss. I want to see Nunes Cyborg 2. Dana, get her out of Bellator and get her back in the UFC for this rematch. It needs to happen. I'm sorry. It needs to, needs to happen. How big of a bonus did, did, did Dana White give Amanda Nunes for knocking out Chris Cyborg? I feel like oh, Dana, Dana, Dana White gave her a blank check. He He's was so stoked. He, he was. was so happy. And, and Chris Cyborg is, is one of the nicest human beings ever. She is. And that is really, that's the fight to make. Look, even though the last one was controversial, we've already seen two fights with Valentina. We've seen one versus Cyborg. And it's like with DC Stipe. That would, that would, that would not happen again if they fought again. That was just kind of like a one-off. You know, I'm not saying Amanda loses. I'm not saying Amanda loses, but you know, so she starched Cyborg in that first one. And, yeah. you, know, you know, we know the caliber of fighter Cyborg is. That was her second ever loss in 22 fights. I think that fight needs to happen again. Both exciting, fan-friendly fight. They both want to strike against each other. Both Brazilians. Both pack a lot of power. I really think that's the fight, especially when you look at Cyborg in Bellator, who's just going to run through everyone. She's already the champ in her first yeah. fight. That's, that's the fight to make it really is well i wonder if they'll make a deal because you know the word on the street it looks like eddie white eddie white eddie hearn and dana white are um they're up to something dana white was on eddie hearn's podcast this week with tony bellu and uh it seems like there's something up it seemed from what i'm hearing something's up it may be a, a loaning a fighter or sending a fighter that way francis and ganu and, um, you know, there may, be, there may be something going on there. Maybe UFC or Dana gets a, a cut of the zone or matchroom. Who, who, know, who knows what's going on? Because, you know, Dana wants to be in the boxing business. Eddie Hearn is in the show business because he likes to put YouTubers and like, crossover fights. And he's all about putting on events, you know, whether it's here or overseas where you're at. So I'm all for it. I mean, if they're going to make that Dillian White and Ganu fight we talked about, Works for me. If DeZone and Bellator are going to send Cyborg over for a fight, it, it works for me. But I don't, I don't know. I don't see – I don't see, like, yeah, the, the deal would probably be like a one-and-one, one, like one boxing match and then one MMA fight, you know. But there's no guy – there's no boxer in matchroom that is – unless Anthony Joshua just like, yeah, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do a kickboxing MMA match. Like, is, does Dillian White move the needle for the UFC? Maybe overseas. But I don't know if like a, if if like the average fan is going to be like, oh, cool, Francis Ngannou is going to fight Dillian White. We talked about think, this earlier, I, but I disagree. To be fair, because I don't think it matters what the name is. If people hear boxer versus M, boxing versus oh, MMA, I want to see that shit. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. I want to see that. 
because a lot of you know a lot of boxing fans will hate on MMA and a lot of MMA fans will hate yeah. on boxing. So those two it's worlds are not polarize at any opportunity they get. That's true. You know, it's like with Randy Couture, Couture James Tony. You know, everyone wanted to see Tony get crushed on the ground. Crushed. But you know, Dillian White's got MMA experience. As, as, as I've shown you, his one and only MMA fight, a 20-second knockout when he was 19, a kickboxer back in the day. You know, he's definitely got he a chance. that poor guy. I, I definitely think there's money to be made if Ngannou goes to boxing or White comes to MMA. It's, it brings in two different crowds, and I think it's, it's best for business. But I'm not Dana White, so we're going to have to see. I, I, I have a fight. I have the pro- but the problem is, well, the zone does own half of Matchroom Boxing USA. If you want a fight that's going to have worlds collide, you do Conor McGregor versus Canelo at, at 168. That would be absolute madness, Zach. Canelo knocks him out. But that would be absolute chaos. Are you kidding me in Las Vegas with the Mexicans? Keep dreaming. Keep and, dreaming. and the Irish? And the, I- the Irish are basically the Mexicans of the UK. They get hammered, they party, and they fight. And you got, oh, my God. First of all, Ireland isn't in the UK, so... They are, the, the, I, they are the Mexicans there. of the Euro, of Europe. How about that? They're the Mexicans of Europe. Fair statement. But that's, that's, that fight's only going to happen in your dreams. So there's no chance. Oh, really? The zone's like, shit. How do we, how do we make money paying Canelo $35 million? Billy Joe Saunders? Eh, he moves the needle. Tough opponent. I'm not saying he's not a tough opponent, Zach. I'm not saying he's not tough. Does he move the needle? Ah, I don't know if he wants. Triple G? Getting old. Is a name, kind of. Uh, Andre Durrell, safe fight, cheap fight, safe fight. Um, Sergey Dervichenko, cheaper alternative, but a tough fight. So it's uh, it, it, you got to look. And, you know, he's not even going to touch like Callum Smith or Caleb Plant or one of those guys at 68. David Benavidez, that 68 is a hell of a division, and you know how I feel about Callum Smith. I think he's the best 68 in the world. So I mean, he's not going to fuck with uh, the 75ers. He's not going to fight a Bebel or a Berdabiev. Oh, you know what I'm saying? He's going to take like a Kovalev, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be interesting. And, you know, uh, Eric Gomez, I, we're transitioning to boxing right now out of nowhere, which is beautiful. Yeah. But we've really got from a, got off on a tangent from the UFC 250. Anyway, Nunes, Nunes is going to win. And then we don't know what she's going to do. We don't know what she's going to do. And then, and then we got blades fighting and we got the Jessica I fight coming up too. And it looks like July 11th is coming together. And I feel like we're moments away from Masvidal and Usman being announced because both guys were trying to play hard to get, and they realized they're the only dance partners right now. And Colby Covington is all talk, no go right now. He's not, he's not, he's not doing anything right now. That's why the gimmick is kind of failing because at least Chael, Chael would live the gimmick, but he fought everybody. We knew Chael was going to lose, but we love the gimmick because he still fought. Colby's got to fight. Yeah, I mean, I want to go back quickly before we move on to that, the other sports, with the whole headline, UFC 250, big card, unpopular opinion, I don't, think, I don't think Nunes is a main event. I don't think she's a main event, where especially if it's on pay-per-view, where you get, solid, you get solid pay-per-view buys. I don't think she's a big, you know, I mean, she's known as the female GOAT, yes. She's got a lot, she's got fans, but I don't think she's a, as big a pay-per-drawer as if they were to put a main event bantamweight on. As and maybe as Sterling, as Aljamain Sterling, um, oh, Sanz Hagen, uh, uh, P- Peter Yan, Peter Yan, and Aldo. Let's say I think yeah, that, that I, gets I, top billing. 
you know, I think it's a good all-around card, but I do, do I think, and especially what they're putting on, their next couple of events lined up, do I think Jessica, I, as much as I love her as a fighter, I'm a fan of her, do I think should be, she should be headlining a card? No. Do I think Nunes should be headlining a card? No. Maybe a co-main, yes. I think Nunes could headline a, a free card easily. Yes, but... I don't know. I just realized that just made me hate sound like I hate women, but it's not that. I just don't think they. No, I agree with you. The, the only the only female fighter to able headline able to ever headline is probably Ronda, and that's because she had the crossover, she had the look, she had the machine. I agree with you, Nunes is, but Nunes is an animal, and like I, Nunes she in that co-main event slot is perfect. Like Nunes was supposed to be the Khabib McGre- a Khabib Tony co-main event. She was the co-main event of John Jones and Gustafson too. I, I think she's an awesome appetizer. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think she's an awesome appetizer in the right slot. And no disrespect, I'm still going to watch the fight. I'm still going to contribute to the pay-per-view. She's the main event, you know. But she's the main event because of the, the, the pandemic right here, you know. But essentially, I think she was going to be the co-main in Rio, right? The whole plan was to have Cejudo and Aldo be the main event and have Nunes be the co-main. But, you know, all the, all the, all the pandemic stuff, so. It is what it is. Enjoy the fights. I'm enjoying the fights. And hopefully soon we'll have uh, some ridiculous cards because we'll have the international people coming in on Fight Island, baby. I can't wait to see what Fight Island looks like. Dude, I don't so. even know if it exists. I don't even know if it's real. I see the shirts. The UFC has three shirts on their shop saying Fight Island. I have not seen anything about Fight Island. I think we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. You know, Instead of focusing on a magical island, focus on a, a magical place with sport that could be taking Disneyland by storm. Oh, man. Not Disneyland, Zach. Disney World because the NBA oh. is back. They have voted to bring back the 22-team format. And it's pretty – one team voted no, 29-1. to 1, But, of course, it passed unanimously. Portland, of all teams, who begged and moaned for a play-in. They got their play-in. And then they still fucking vote no. So, I don't know what the hell they want. Damian Little was like, I'm a star. Let's figure out a, figure out a way, way. To, uh, to, to get – whoa. Let's figure out a way to get him in there. And uh, they did. They put 22 teams, and now they're going to have, like, a play-in if it's within – it's very confusing. But the top 16 are in. The top five from the West are in. And one team from the East. I don't have to make a case for LeBron James being the MVP. LeBron is in the harder conference. Okay, Giannis, uh, he ransacked – half of the teams he played aren't even in this thing. Okay. He ransacked a, a JV side, okay? He, 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 as they say, he, the, the bet. He, he, he ransacked the B League, okay? The B division, okay? LeBron is the GOAT because uh, he's the MVP as well because he played in the harder conference. But anyway, it's a very confusing thing. Training camps are starting uh, in June. Teams report July, it's uh, starting in 26th, June 30th. July 7th, teams report to Orlando, and it looks like the games are going to start that weekend, coinciding with the UFC on Fight Island. So it's going to be a very busy, July 11th for me, and I'm going to have to have multiple TVs going on at once. Looks like the season's going to end October 12th. That's the last date for a game seven, slightly going into the NFL season. And it looks like December 1st will be the start of the next season. That's flexible. I think they'll start it on Christmas. Do I love it? I don't love it, but I think it's good for what it is. I think you can't please everybody with this. Obviously, the eight teams that are left out, they're a little butthurt. Atlanta is saying, you know what, we deserve these games. We need our young guys. That's code for saying, hey, are we going to get our revenue? That's what, that's, that's what that means. That's what that means. Are we, we going to get our money? Because the Knicks, the Cavs, the Wolves, 
Those teams, they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. The Wizards are getting in because they get it. They're within five. I, I think it works out. Each team's going to play eight games, right? And uh, to, get the, to get the feel for seeding and all that. But now there's no home court advantage. But I feel like if you're the better team, you're going to win no matter what. So that, that, that's kind of thrown out the window. They've been talking about how, like, if you're the higher seed, you get to pick the hotel or you get to, pick, you get to, bring, you get to fly in your home court or you get an extra foul. That, that don't mean jack shit, okay? I, we all know LeBron's going to get his hotel choice. We all know he's going to pick the one with the golf course. You know, it's – come on. It's silly. But, look, I'm glad the NBA is back. They've come to a conclusion. They got a deal done. And I think this is going to be – in terms of the season, it's going to be – this is going to be it going forward. I think the season will start on Christmas and it'll end in the summer or late August because they're going to get out of the way of football and people start paying attention to basketball in America uh, at Christmas. So I think they're going to maximize their opportunity, especially with baseball fumbling in the bag every five seconds. It's great for uh, the NBA to come back at that time slot. Free agency is October 1st. They've worked it out beautifully. I'm glad the NBA is back. I don't know about the quality. I don't know about the quality. I think they're going to go from La Liga status to MLS status uh, for a couple weeks, but they're going to work their way back into shape. They're going to get fit and hope, pray to God that there's no injuries. And uh, my last piece is all those guys that were injured, they got three. They had three months to recover. Paul George with the shoulder, he's had three months to recover. The Clippers are back at full strength. Yusuf Nurkic, who broke his leg last year, he is looking like he is going to be fit to go for this run, and that changes the whole dynamic for Portland. The team that gets screwed out is Memphis. Memphis gets screwed out of this because they're the true eighth seed. They earned the last seed. However, now you got to deal with a plan if teams are close. Why is there a plan? Two words. Zion Williamson. My man Adam Silver is a man of the people, and he knows they got to maximize their bucks. Okay, so if there's a way to get Damian Lillard, who's a superstar, get him in there. If there's a way to get Zion in there, you got to get him in there. You know, Bradley Beal, superstar in Washington, you got to find a way to get him in there. The Spurs, Greg Popovich. Are there stars? No, but the Spurs are still the Spurs. So it's a, it's a good – the Phoenix, why not? Why not throw Phoenix in there? Sure, Devin Booker's fun. And the Kings – they're a fun young team to watch as well, so I'm not mad at it. There's no, there was no way to win this. All 30 teams would have been kind of dumb, and so they, they settled on 22. Uh, would I prefer the World Cup? Yeah. I thought it would have been really cool to have four groups of five, and they would have done it uh, group stage style. But they're going with this, no reseeding. It is what it is, Zach. Are you excited for this? Because I am. I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe on the same level as you, I mean, because <laughs> I mean, this was the – season for me where I you know started keeping up with every game you know and it's just it just happened to be so unfortunate of what's going on you know because you know I was keeping up with every game you know keeping up with the leaderboards and everything about the first time ever you know been really starting to get into into basketball the NBA specifically so but what I what I'm thinking is do the teams will they go straight into the important games or do you think maybe they should have friendlies first no, I think they they're going to have the training camp, and then they're going to use the last eight games as kind of like friendlies. I think they're going to just do training camp, and they're going to go play the last eight games, and they're going based on the next eight games in every team's schedule who is invited. So they're going to play those eight games, and I guess figure it out. That's it. I don't know if there should be friendlies. I think it's a time crunch, too. There would have been friendlies if they would have started a little earlier, but they're worried about the NFL eating their, their lunch. So And, and, and you got to remember, all these other sports are going to come back as well at the same time. So – you know, MLS is going to have that tournament as well. So it's like – it's going to be just sports craziness from July all the way to uh, basically Christmas because football is going to – you know, it's going to be wild. I mean, yeah, I mean, 
then in that case, probably they use those eight games as sort of play it like a friendly. So then to ensure that the playoffs will be exciting or you know, yeah. when, when the games matter, then that's where it starts to get exciting. Because maybe, that, maybe that's a good idea in the sense that the fans won't mind if the game's a bit slow. It's a bit slower, as you said, MLS standard. They're a bit slower than usual. And then that gives the players, those eight games, give the players a chance to get back up to the level they were on you know, before the pandemic started, when the season was still going, they get back up to that level for the playoffs to make a good, you know, to make to finish off a, a good season because it started off as a very, very, very exciting, exciting season. And the fan expectation probably will carry to that. So we'll have to see what happens. Yeah. Should they be playing these games? Probably not. But money talks and broadcasting rights talk and all this other stuff talks. And in terms of the friendlies, a team like the Lakers, who's five and a half up on the one seed with eight to play, they're going to use these as friendlies because they're not at risk for losing their position. You know, they're friendlies for like the top half of the table, essentially. It's just the bottom half who are fighting for the play-in, they're fighting for the last spot. That's who it really like. They really got to come out guns blazing. So it'll be very interesting. The Lakers' first game is going to be against the Houston Rockets. So I can't wait to see what kind of – Harden looks like he's in phenomenal shape. This dude has been doing yoga and hill sprints and vomiting. He looks to be in great shape. Westbrook's always in great shape. So I may do a sneaky bet on the Rockets because Harden's in shape. A sneaky bet on Houston because they're going to be, he's going to be in real good shape. Now, does that detract from his strength? Because Harden's a guy who loves to use his body and his strength into things. We shall see. I'm still taking the Lakers over everybody right now. They're the favorites. The Clippers, the only advantage that they have is they're used to playing with no fans. So if you know, they have no fans in general. All, everybody who comes to a Clipper game is an opposing fan. Uh, so they're used to all that. So the crowd noise may benefit them. And Philly, who was terrible on the road, they may benefit from the empty arena as well. So it'll be, uh, it'll be fun to see. I'm interested to see the shape of, like, Joel Embiid and guys who, kinda, who are kind of, like, used to, like, not being – who kind of take their breaks, you know, in the offseason. But they had to ramp it back up. But if you're a guy like – if you're a guy on the Knicks or the, or the Cavaliers, just go back to eating ice cream and chilling in quarantine because you're not needed until uh, December. It'll be good time. Trey Young. Just keep shooting buckets and uh, eating ice cream and drinking lemonade at Jimmy Goldstein's pool, man. You go back to doing what you were doing. Zach, I got to talk about I got to talk about Major League Baseball, Zach. I didn't want to, but I have to. I said before that I didn't think there was going to be a season. I didn't think there was going to be a season whatsoever. Then last week, my hopes got up this much. They sent the proposal, and once I saw the proposal was going to be a little outrageous, MLB was like, "F all that." I knew. Basically, the players want 114 games. The owners want 50 games. And they can't seem to find a way to share the billions, right? And I'm blaming both sides for this, okay? The owners, they make good money. They're billionaires for a reason. They're the chairman. They do some shady stuff. They were freezing out players uh, two transfer periods ago, as you would say, two off-seasons ago. They, were, they all, like, held together, and they decided not to pay a player. They're pre- they were kind of, like, undercutting the market as a whole, which – is kind of effed up. They were holding out players and trying to see them. On the other side, the players' union, they can't figure it out because they're in solidarity with the Astros who cheated the game for the last three years and won championship, won a championship out of it and went to another World Series. Uh, but at the same, And the players hate each other for all that, but they're standing strong and they're trying to make the money. I get it. They want the prorated salaries. I get they want to play as many games as possible. 114 games in that time span sounds a little crazy. They also want the option to opt out of the playoffs. Like, what the hell? How, what? What? And they also want the option to defer payments and 
basically the union is used to getting their way and they're trying it and the owners are not having it. So I don't think there's going to be a season. I think this will be a death blow to baseball. Um, and then the last one, because the MLS came to agreement, they're going to Orlando in the summer. NBA, as you heard, NHL already has their playoff format. That shit's been signed, sealed, and delivered. They just, they're just trying to pick hub cities for it. So the MLB will be the last one out of the core four. A, a, a league who is, who, who is the most striked team. They always have the most lockouts out of the big four in America. A, team who is, a, a league who is full of scandal. A league whose commissioner is sort of a bitch. Uh, he doesn't really like stand either way. He doesn't stand up in the face of things and, the, and players don't like him and fans don't like him. And the owners like him because uh, he kind of, you know, he fills their pockets with money. So it's very interesting what's going on with baseball. I know you have no idea about major league baseball, except for the two games they play in London a year, every year. <laughs> I didn't and, even know about uh, that. Yeah. The Yankees and the Red Sox go and they play two games in London, I guess. But look, uh, it's America's pastime, but it's losing its grip. And I don't know if fans will come back. Because once they see that oh, everybody else came back, La Liga is back. Premier League, leagues who have way more money than the fucking, than the leagues over here, right? I mean, the money that's spent in European football, they found a way to get the league going, right? So baseball can't get, it, can't get out of its own way. And I think it's going to really be a detriment uh, to the league, especially on top of the cheating scandal. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you know about the cheating scandal with the Astros. Uh, they got caught cheating for the last three years. And they won a championship out of it, and they made another final. Uh, using this sophisticated sign-stealing system, and they're deciding not to punish the players. So that's pretty crazy. It's like, it's it's like if well, City just got City just got a ban from the Champions League, right, for spending too much money, right? They got banned for two years or whatever for overspending or cooking their books. That's a real punishment, if I'm not mistaken, right, Zach? Yeah. So, right. but major, but they don't want to. They're with the union, so I don't. I mean, players against players, it's a mess. I'm done talking baseball, and it looks like I'm gonna be done talking baseball for the rest of the year because they can't come to an agreement. Uh, money talks, and it's crazy because Major League Baseball had their highest revenue last year, the highest. So I know they got money, but of course, it's 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 the argument that if I help the company make money, what's my right to say I need for a raise? You know, it's it, it, it's complicated. I'm done talking baseball. That took the energy out of me, Zach. I don't know if you noticed. I was so hyped for M UFC and the NBA, and the L of me, MLB just grabbed me by the sack yep. and twisted. <laughs> oh, other than that, Zach, I think it was a good time. We had a good time. Anything else uh, we're missing besides no, Canelo Alvarez whooping Billy Joe Saunders' ass next May? 